0: you know, Coach Logue and how he's unique and not unique. Uh, You know, there are probably lots of Coach Logs. you know, legacy coaches, uh, people who do certain things a certain way, old school, you know, having to adapt across generations, you know, and and what? Like, he's exchanging his entire life at a sacrificial level for the fates of 16-, 17-, 18-year-old kids.
1: And welcome to And If Love Remains. I'm your host, Mike Levitt, and I have on the line today a good friend from high school, Brian Hudson. Um, Brian is um, a, a, a broadcaster, but currently he's working in, um, in corporate video. Um, he works for a, a large um, healthcare system there in Northern California. He still lives in Northern California, um, uh, but he's also um the host of of, uh friday night lights and for Bear River high school and there's a lot of things i'd like to talk about you know this is a little bit maybe of a passion project for me (laughs) a bit but it's also i think there's some some bigger uh, things we could chat about and i'm excited to have brian on the line um welcome to the show brian
0: oh nice to hear your voice mike and you know high school was whatever graduated 30 years ago so when somebody says nice things about you, you go i hope i really was nice back then because you feel like such a different person 3 decades later but i have such uh, fond memories and you know respect near and far for uh, for you and uh, our interactions together back then and great to hear from you today
1: Oh, I appreciate that. You know, it means a lot that that when I do reach out, that 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 you do respond, and and I agree. It's it, I, all I remember is, is the best things with our interactions. You know, we we played on several teams together, and and uh, we uh, you know it was a real great uh, camaraderie going on there at that time there at at good old Bear River High School in Grass Valley, California.
0: Yeah. And it was such a small school. I was, we were talking about with the kids, uh, my kids, the other, uh, you know, some time back about graduating class size and all of that. And the school at the time was, I think our graduating classes, and you were a year younger than me, if I remember correctly. And I want to say... Graduating class was like 150? Yeah, 160? I think ours was like
1: 174. So yeah, 100. yeah. It so if you small. just,
0: you know, times four, you know, that's pretty small, pretty small school.
1: Well, and if I remember right, you would have been the the fourth graduating class, I believe. And because I think I was the fifth of that school. We brand new school.
0: This just came up too the other day that I was telling somebody that my class, which would have been the class in 1991 at Bear River High School, was the first to go all all four years at that school because uh, like I had an older brother who was two years older than me and he had done, you know, two years at a neighboring Nevada union and then they transferred him down and all of that stuff. But freshman all the way through senior year, uh, my class was the first one to go all through all four years there
1: it was it was quite an experience it was really cool to see a school grow up you know and, I, and you remember this when we were when we played basketball specifically basketball because you know until i think man was it my senior year i it may have been junior but i think in my senior year was the first year that we were not playing basketball games at the nevada union gym um that, that's and, right and We actually had our own gym <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, they, they must have just shoestring built
0: the school because at the time, and we had all the sports, right? but there was, you know, a swim team, but we had no pool. Uh, there <laughs> was a basketball team, but all we had was a practice gym where you had two feet of sidelines. I mean, you couldn't even put a fold-out chair practically on the sideline. Right. And it, it was just that one little gym for all levels of basketball, boys and girls. Played simultaneously. We were playing out on remember we'd practice out on the blacktop I um half the time. In the, in the rotations and all that. So and you haven't been back, if I'm not mistaken, and in in a long time. Of course they got a nice beautiful gym now and they got, you know, a pool and the football stadium's got lights and they've got you know, uh, extra, <laughs> by the way, that's the other fields thing. and yeah.
1: Whenever I see your show, Friday Night Lights, it just makes me laugh because I never played on a Friday night at home. I mean, it's not I a thing. Watched. It was all Saturday day games for us. <laughs> yeah, me.
0: I mean, me too. Me too. Yeah. So I just do the, I do the Friday night for for a year. I did the little radio play by play with the local guy, Um, and then uh, they asked me, I don't know, maybe. 10, 12 years ago, something like that to do the PA announcing. So I do the PA announcing Friday Night Football for them oh, and stay in, stay in touch with the school dad. And that, that's part of my oxygen in my world is staying connected because uh, it meant so much, you know, in, in, in many different fronts to be at that school.
1: You know, and, and that that kind of brings it to, to one one of the points that I wanted to bring up is is this is kind of a an interesting year um because this is the first year and i don't know how long you probably know better than me that that the football coach uh, terry Logue won't be on the sidelines uh, other than a small hiatus i think when he he was coaching at um sierra college but but for decades he was the man um on the sidelines of Bear river high school and and he created such a culture and and such an incredible um, environment and we as players we were kind of on the beginning of that and and as a um, you know, as you've kind of grown and seen that, that evolve, I, I'm curious what your, your impressions and kind of your, your take on that.
0: Yeah, well, it was. I mean, the school was obviously in its infancy when we were there. Um, my first year at the school was 1987, and that was, the, uh, that was the first full year for this new varsity football coach named Terry Logue who we had just heard about, you know, like, oh, he played and coached at Paradise High School where they had the big fire right up in Northern California, yeah, yeah. That, the campfire and all of that. And then coached for three years at Butte College and did great at uh, Paradise High School as a, as a coach. And, um, and then went to try the junior college thing and kind of bombed and wasn't successful. And then he heard about this job in this little town of Grass Valley and said, oh, I had to go try to, you know, get that job. So, uh I had never, for example, on the sports front, I had played flag football at our middle school, right? We went right. to the same middle school and flag football yeah. was the thing. And there were a couple of kids that I remember the Curtis Newberries and all that, that I'm like, whoa, you play tackle football? Right. Yeah. And
1: the, you know, the, the Frazier brothers.
0: brothers. Yeah. I didn't know anything <laughs> about that. I liked playing three down, you know, flag football. and right. You know, against Whatever it was, Pleasant Ridge, or not Pleasant Ridge, but the the you know Mount Saint oh, Marys yeah. or you know yeah, Hennessey or we Hennessy, know Hennessey Red, Reddy Springs or Ready you know, Spring, there we go all of that.
1: Um, oh, Seven Hills Seven Hills Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, What was the, so, Yeah I'm sorry Go ahead I was gonna try to think What was the big rivalry Started with the G. Um, Oh, Lyman Gilmore. Lyman yeah. Gilmore. Yeah. Lyman Gilmore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd
0: never played tackle football, but uh, like everybody else, you know, uh, you had like visions of, you know, the 49ers or, you know, the Dallas Cowboys. And I was like, yeah, I was looking forward to playing football. So, uh, freshman year for me was my first time playing tackle football and they had this, you know, varsity coach, of course, I was on the JV, but this varsity coach, Terry Logue, um, he sort of set the tone top to bottom with, hey, we're going to build this program. And the the school had opened a year earlier and they had a, a football coach and he didn't really know football. They went 0-10. And, and so we had nowhere to go um, but up, which is kind of a cool thing because yeah. you can build it in your, you know, you can build it in your image. And that's what uh, the the coach did, Terry Logue, he, you know, decided we're going to build a program out of this. And he just retired a few months ago, early, you know, 2021. And less. I think it was either two years or three years where he did some assistant coaching at uh, Sierra College. Uh, he's the coach. He owns all the, he owns every win in school history at Bear River High School. That's incredible. Uh, and so, Uh, And and for the about uh, two thirds of that, he had what it was a co-head coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But the way that they keep track of uh, high school victories, uh, at least in California, is somebody's got to get them. Like you can't have three co-head coaches and every time you win a game, three guys get a win. Right. So all those wins are his, but he- you know, he uh, admittingly says, hey, I had a great partner in Scott Savoy who was my, my right-hand man. But to, to, to kind of bring it full circle to your question about, you know, the early years and starting and new, like, I, I, I knew it was a new school and I knew it was small just because everything was small where we were, right? I mean, the town only had right. 10,000 people or 15 or 20 or whatever it was. And um and it was just kind of an exciting time, but there was no like feeder program. There was no junior Bruins and um, yeah.
1: there was none of that stuff. You know, I mean, you remember that. Yeah. It, it was, you know, yeah, like you said, we came from Magnolia as, you know, guys who, who you know, knew how to, to pull a flag into, you know, putting <laughs> on helmets and and, you know, trying to hit somebody for the first time and, you know, pretending you're, you know, Lyle Alzado or something. And, well, you know what's funny?
0: I was thinking about that too. Like going to high school, I never did not know that I would not be, I, I didn't think I wouldn't have an opportunity to play. Like yeah. in my mind, I wasn't like, Hey, I'm good at this because I wasn't good. And I was tiny. I was five, 615 pounds and you know, just a tiny guy. Um, but I loved football. And I loved basketball. You know, you and I played on those, you know, those teams together. Right. Um, And, but I I don't know if it was because it was such a small school or because we were out in the middle of the, you know, out in the middle of the foothills where everything was just kind of small and you just kind of did whatever you wanted. I never thought like my kids, you know, we live in a big city. Like if they go to try out for the basketball team or the football team, there are a lot of kids that they got to compete for. Like for us, they're like, great. You have a pulse and a drive to play football. You're on the team, you know? And so for that, I'm grateful because I don't believe if I would have gone to a big, you know, city school or anything like that, you know, I would have been third or fourth or fifth string. And instead, you know, um, I got starting time and, you know, made all league in football and, you know, and basketball got, you know, probably started about half the year, my senior year, but, the opportunities were there because it's a small school. And of course there are a lot smaller schools. That was six, 600 kids or something at the school at that time. But yeah, yeah, there are schools, you know, that are charter schools or public schools that are two, three, 175 kids, three, 400 kids. And those kids play like three sports and they're in jazz band
1: and they're in, you know, performance, you know, VAPA stuff and so. oh, I, I remember t- you know, and and this is a little bit of your, you know, your your father walking uphill both with the waves and the <laughs> snow type of stuff. But oh, you're but good at I that do. too.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I, I mean, I, I tell my kids stories of of you know, like my my senior year schedule, which consisted of like you know, an early morning seminary class that started at five thirty, chamber choir, zero hour stuff. And then during basketball season, if we had away games, you know, we wouldn't get home until 1030, 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, just kind of thinking about it now, like those schedules are insane, but I'll tell you what, man, it was, it's such a great experience. And, and, and like you, like there'd been no way for me as athletic as I pretend to be, don't tell my kids, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that I, I could not have you know i would have not have been able to play um at any kind of level um you know at, even at like nevada union high school which was kind of the the, the school yeah, that we that was were kind 1800, of 1800 like, 2000 kids back then. 2000 yeah. kids and you know and and yeah i played against all those kids in junior high but but man that, that's just a different level and and the 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 cool thing is 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 you know when you I, I feel bad because I we, I live in an area, we were talking about this earlier, I live in an area where the, the school next to me, you know, maybe a half mile away has probably got 5,000 kids mm. at it, you know, and, and I think about, you know, in some ways it's good, like we never had a, a marching band, for example, yeah, <laughs> you know, but- but there been no way for a guy like me to, like you said, play two sports. I played I was lucky enough to play baseball as well. And it, like that that is an impossibility in the environment that, that we're in today with these large art schools, at least at the at the major schools that, that, that you know we live close to now.
0: Yeah. It is it is interesting that way. And I, I mean, I even thought of that post high school when, you know, trying to pick college. And I remember thinking, you know, like I wanted to be a sports broadcaster and I had read that, you know, all these sports broadcasters went to Syracuse University and I went to Syracuse and somebody told me somewhere along the way, they're like, you, you, wherever you go, just make it your, like, make it your own. Like, you can, you can find your way and find the opportunity. So same thing, you know, like when I got to college and I started doing sports play by play for the college radio station what do you think my chances would have been if I would have gone to Syracuse University with sixty thousand students or whatever they've got, and right. versus Chico State with sixteen thousand students and only a you know a micro community that wanted to do sports? So, um, so yeah, there's something to be said about the opportunity, and and you're even making me reflect on this of you know what opportunity is missed, the access to experience, yeah, when you're in a situation where the numbers aren't on your side or, you know, or do you have to be like hyper competitive or hyper focused in order to break into, you know, vocal choir or or chamber choir or, you know, band or something like this? Now on the flip side, like you said, there are opportunities, right? There was no marching band at Bear River, you know, um, (laughs) but at your high school and where where you live with 5,000 kids, you know, they'll line the field. Same thing here. One of my, Kids go to high school, and I think their dance and cheer team—it's like a hundred. It's like a hundred like girls, you know. They right. right? they go like twenty yard line to twenty yard line in the football games and all that. And I could probably count on you know, two hands how many cheerleaders we had, you know, for us in, um,
1: well, and well in high school basketball. The 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 you know Highland High School here, you know, it's got a full orchestra three jazz bands by itself Mm. you know it's just the so so you know i'm not i'm not discounting the larger schools but i I will say specifically when it comes to sports and there is and there is i think something unique about sports um you know i the the feelings for a guy for a musician like me the amount of time that my mind reflects on coach loge On the experiences that I had driving to Galt High School with on the team bus or, or Golden Sierra or something, you know, the, the games against Colfax, you know, the, the, um, you know, having the, a a winning team that, that, you know, did well and, and, you know, got so close and, you know, all those memories are just priceless in my mind. And and I reflect on those more than I think I ever thought I would. It's interesting.
0: I had a a conversation with a friend of mine who did not go to our high school together. He was a a college friend and his daughter is in her first or second year up at Western, I think Western Washington. And I said, you know, we were just reminiscing how our college experience was really great. You know, small college town, blah, blah, blah. And you kind of it's very similar to the high school experience where it'd be like small. Everybody knows everybody. You can, you know, have all this opportunity. And I said, ah, you know, does your daughter even, is this even like unique or rich to her? And he said, oh yes, it's, it's unique and it's rich for them. We can't see it because we're so mired in our (laughs) nostalgia (laughs) for our thing, but kids are having experiences. They may be drastically different. And, and I will say, um, you know, When when you hear about eras like uh, in in anything, industry, um, musical performance, uh, athletics, anything, they say, oh, it was just a different time back then. There is nothing more obvious in athletics than uh, the passage of time of how things have changed. So let's take something very small like hydration. So let me ask you if you remember, Mike, what was it like if you wanted to get a drink of water at football practice?
1: Oh, there was only a specific time, and you did not drink um, unless you were good. <laughs> yeah, and, and right, and, and that, was, that was and that was actually part of the punishment. Is if you did not do what you're supposed to, that was what was kept from you. Right, and hurry up, right? Like, yeah, that's quit, right. Got, go
0: get it and get back, and all get back on your knee,
1: yeah, back into the drill or whatever was next.
0: Now let's fast forward to. Now, or whatever, even that was 30 years ago when we were there, but um, focus on now. What do we know about athletes? We know that a well hydrated athlete is a better athlete, right? Whereas back then it was held over your head like, hey, be a tough guy, you don't need a water break, you don't need a water break, you know. So, I'm not even saying that the retroactive nostalgia that we're feeling about, you know, the greatness of of our time and era was smart. <laughs> you know, right, there were right. some elements like that where you go, "Well, that's that just doesn't make any
1: sense, but it was" And, and it really didn't even at the time. I mean, people knew. It was just, you know, cu- it was totally a cultural thing. Like I I, I can't yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine um, <laughs> you know, if a doctor, you know, actually, you know, was set on a couch and saw what happened at a at a normal football practice, they'd go, "Oh, yeah, that's probably good." for them. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't, that would not be in the prescription, but you know,
0: what was was interesting is so you'd have this mix of things like that, that didn't make any sense and all that. And you go, well, I guess that did kind of toughen me up. Right. So I guess that did make me sort of fight through the discomfort of whatever, being parched or (laughs) whatever I was cramping (laughs) or, you know, that type of deal. Um, But then there was so much routine and, you know, especially when you think about team sports, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, it's a microcosm of society. Everybody has their story. So, you know, everybody on those teams that you and I played on had a different circumstance, you know, fractured yeah. families, complete families, loving families, dysfunctional families. Um, uh Birth and death, um, uh, stress and strain, moving in, moving out, uh, good students, bad students, uh, you know, the, the the full range, you know, poor, poor, you know, well to do. And there ends up being in those athletic endeavors, just like when, you know, you were in the choirs and, you know, uh, vocal performances and things like that. You know, there are universal truths in all of that. Like, okay, guess what? We're all held to the same expectation that when you're on the sideline, your chin strap is on and your jersey's tucked in, right? Yeah. Uh, practice starts at the same time for everybody. Um, you know, Coach Logue had a standard for certain things. Uh, you know, we knew what our pregame meal was. It was that. That's know, right. It was that pasta. By the way, you'd get a kick out of this. That's still the case. Are Still you serious? the same. Like the the team moms and everything by the same thing. It's the it's still the the salad, you know, the French bread, the yeah. pasta, you know, the this that, and and so, they have yeah. it down to they just. Print it off, and it's like here's
1: what we're doing. This is how we do it at you know Bear River High School, and so that's. Now, the what kind I bet do, they don't do because this was a, a great memory of me. It was the 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 breakfast mornings at what was the place that Cherry, was
0: Cherry Creek. Cherry, Cherry Creek,
1: Cherry Creek. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you, you so know, house is long shuttered, but yeah, because we played Saturday high school football games in right. no lights, and so um, you know that there was nothing like the excitement of waking up on that set. Do you remember, I mean, of saying yeah. like, hey, we're going to meet over at Cherry Creek at seven thirty, eight o'clock. You know, the JV game's going to start at 11. We'll gear up because varsity going to start at 1. So we'd go in there and we'd get our, you know, breakfast or uh, I don't know, when we were playing a, you know, uh, we're playing basketball or, I mean, it just, we had these routines um, and these coaches that were, um, were, we're all in a universal truth of their own which is they're all brand new to that high school too so they were really yeah. um you know forging programs you know um, uh, early on and we were at the genesis of that and I don't think we knew really got that I mean I didn't get it I didn't think like oh, we're no. starting an era but like that football program the first year before Coach Logue got there they went 0-10 second year or the first year that Coach Logue was there they won two games but they had a player who didn't do the right paperwork and they had to forfeit two games because <laughs> oh, he was I you know had to transfer I that. <laughs> and then you know right after that now you get now you're 4-6 and six. year after that My junior year, you would have, I think, been on the uh, JV team. Our junior year, first winning season in school history, we went seven and three, but only two of the eight, two of the seven, two of the eight, I think it was two of the eight teams made the playoffs. Uh, And we were like the number three team in the league. So we didn't make the playoffs, but we had that first winning season. And they went from, uh, Bear River went from that 1989 season of seven and three uh, all the way until last year. Uh, with non-losing records for every year, except for one. Are you, you know, serious? We had, we had one I year, I think, I want to say 2015 or something like that. Coming off of a section championship year, the, the team that followed went like three and seven. But yeah, it was like, it was like a stretch of 26 straight years or something, 20, 27 straight years of, uh,
1: that's incredible. Uh,
0: non losing, non losing season. So the tradition really, you know, the tradition the expectation, it's just like a community. It's a, just like a church community. It's just like anything yeah. else. When you have elders or you have this or you have that, you know, like this is the way you do it and you know it's expected. And, um, you know, you, you fall in line, you make your own little mark, you do your thing, nobody's bigger than the game. Um, so, yeah, yeah I got fond memories, too, just like that. And I'm sure it's way rosier than I remember because I remember some very difficult times, too, you know. Yeah. Um, and and you do, too. Poor <laughs> Mike, I, I, I still – I look back. I've got an old um, VHS tape. And I'm not sure if it's been edited down, if I have the full thing, but I still remember – Uh, my senior year, your junior year on the football side. And I don't know what they called it, but you won an award that was, I believe, was it practice player of the year or something? The toughest guy of the year because you were the scout team, everything. You carried the ball every time. You threw your body around. I have never seen a guy take so much punishment and pop back up with a smile on his face and be so resilient and i remember you were banged up and battered and bruised and i to this day mike love looking back at that wheatland game when you took that little reverse about 40 yards for a touchdown in the first game of the 1990 season that made my heart feel so good because you just got your butt kicked in practice all the time and and hey i I, I didn't like contact either. I mean, I was a wide receiver. My plan was catch the ball, get to the stick, and fall down. I didn't want to get hit, um, but I just felt so good for you. Um, there, you know that that Wheatland game is is just such a treat, you know. Um, and I'm Man, sure that may, you
1: remember it. That's I I do remember that, and and I'll, I'll tell you, I, the the <laughs> that's actually pretty wild. Um, I I remember that game, and I remember coming off of that touchdown. And the first thing I I see is big Tom Zerflu coming up and like landing on me. Oh, I think he went down too. I think he he probably knocked you down. And I'm sure he did. He was much larger than I was and I think he just knocked me to the ground. Um, Now that I think about it, I think I may have
0: been – we may have been ahead pretty good in that game. I think we won the game like – it was yeah. 31 to 6 or something like that and so you got some playing time as a junior i may have been in at
1: quarterback because i was the number 2 quarterback oh. i may have actually handed you the ball that's possible and 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 i think the only reason i did get that playing time is one of the fraser brothers was hurt and yeah. uh, doesn't every and so, school have that like the the great <laughs> twins or the right.
0: the the one year apart brothers that you know yep. are just like the face of the program and those
1: fraser brothers were were just that they were, they were, but that, but that was, that's a fun, I appreciate you bringing that up because that, that is a fond memory. I, I, I and What was the name a, of the award? Do you remember? Um, I, you know what? I don't remember the exact name of the award, but I think like it punching was. punching bag award. Yeah, it or was the, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember, um, like my nickname on the team was rubber band man because I kept popping up and, and, uh, that was a, that was a fun you know, and that's literally, like, I didn't know any different. You know, I I had brothers. I had I had, I had not older brothers. I'm, I'm the oldest, but I had brothers and I had friends that I would, would always, you know, we you know, be hitting on each other and, and tackling, playing tackle football on the golf course. At but Mike,
0: were you, like, were you, like, really, really tough? Or were you just covering? Or were you just hurt? And it's what, like, how do you explain, I mean, you... You were ragdolled around there so much. I, I and I'm not talking about like abused. It was just like you were going against the first team defense, and all these guys were bigger than you know you and me,
1: and you got pounded. You know, I just honestly don't think I knew any different. Like, yeah. like I, I, I don't. I think I, I was, you know, pretty resilient from a standpoint of of I didn't know how to not get up and keep playing. Oh, good um, for you. You know, so I was just, I, you know, I can't even take credit from that. That's just, I guess, uh, you know, something God gave me a little bit. So I, I, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. But it, it, it was something that that um, I do take a lot of pride in, and did take a lot of pride in at the time. Is is, and maybe that's part of it. It Became part of my personal culture. Of like, okay, this is who I am. Yeah. You know, I, I don't give too. up. I, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I'm willing to go into the pile that next time because um, there wasn't much. You were Kyle. fearless. <laughs> you, I, I, had, I had, I mean, I
0: over indexed on fear and I think you had a leak in the bottom of the fear boat because you never filled up. Um, uh, you, <laughs> you'd stand up that, I thought a couple of times, is he looking out the ear hole? This poor guy is getting, you know, and then we get to basketball, and it's like, all right, no contact, you know, but you were, you know, zipping around there like a whirling dervish, all arms and legs, and you know, oh yeah, yeah that was a
1: way, but yeah. that was a great, great experience, man. But, See, but we I would cannot, have never,
0: I, ha, we would have never had this stuff never. had we been, you know, we would have been team managers if we right. would have gone to, you know, uh, yeah, Gil- I mean, Gilbert High, score. High
1: School, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, playing in the band or doing something else, but which is, by the way, there's nothing wrong with those yeah, types absolutely. of things, but, but it's such an interesting, like the, the, the difference between just, and it has nothing to do with any, like, it's literally luck. You know what I mean? Like, like we were bound to go to, to Nevada union. We were bound to have the experience. And that, this takes me back to something you said earlier, which I really appreciate, which is, which is everybody has their own experience. And, and, and honestly, everybody in my opinion, kind of has the right experience, you know. It's it, it's a it's weird, but as I've grown older, I've kind of realized that that good or bad, like it's it's a every person's life is kind of a cust, custom tailored for them. you where and, you
0: are, and where you're right. supposed to be, because that is where you are, and where you are. You know, that's a, yeah. it. Yeah, you know, be here now. You know, so. That's, yeah. yeah.
1: It's, 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 it's really credible. And, 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 I have to say like, um, when, when I will always, first of all, I have to mention, I, I remember, um, you shooting you were the master of the of the bank three pointer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that pretty clearly. In, intentionally or otherwise, right? <laughs> I was also the master of the
0: finger roll. Yes, that you was, were. was was short and would roll <laughs> up the rim and into the basket. You know, where <laughs> I took off I took off from like mid post and later realized I only had a 27 inch vertical and my finger roll would lay up and go <laughs> up, roll up the rim and then fall in
1: other, but everybody that's else awesome. elevated and dropped it in, you know? Oh, well, I think I inherited that finger roll from you. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. That is, that's amazing. You know, um, and, and I also have to mention, like, there's probably not a guy on any team that I ever played with that, didn't have more fun and and enjoy the experience like like I always felt like you were kind of an old soul and always knew like um, knew what was important and I remember one game a football game where you were you were playing quarterback and and uh, this would have been I, I think your senior year because we were on the same team together and it, it was a game that we were blowing out and so it had some um, you know had had some guys out that had never caught passes had never you know touched the ball and man you did everything you could to make sure everybody had that experience of, of touching the ball you know being able to make a catch even if it took a few downs to make it happen and and you know what that that takes some real like understanding of who who you are and what you're doing and, and that that meant a lot to me i gotta tell you that
0: wow well that's nice of you to say i you know it it takes about a second for it to trigger the memory. And I I remember one of the situations, right? I remember the kid's name. You remember the kid's name? J.R. Franzoni. I do remember, yeah. And this kid was, what do you think it was 110 pounds? Maybe five five two? Yeah. You know? Tiny little guy. And I think we had called he was split out on the right side as a receiver. I had gone in at backup quarterback and you we were ahead, so it must have been like Golden Sierra or something like that they were playing, right? And we were ahead pretty good or maybe it was Galt or something like that. And I remember we tried, yeah, we're, you're right, like one, two, three times to try to get a pass out to him and and ultimately we ended up going pro set 30 out and uh, JR was split end on the right side and we were kind of on the short side of the field. So I didn't have to make a kind of a long throw. And that's only a little three-step down and out type of pass, uh, you know, where you pick up three, four, five yards, step out of bounds. Well, it's a three-step drop. And I remember dropping back to pass and JR, he was like, and I mean this in a loving way. He was like the, you know, the the six-year-old kid where the helmet is like bigger than the body. You're right. Yeah. And, and so he lined up and I can remember his little body like, over there lined up. And I'm like, I know the route he's going to run. I did my three steps. I turned to throw it. And he hasn't even gotten out of his break yet to get, you know, out to the sideline. I thought, oh my. So I did a, you know, the quick hitting boom, boom pass didn't happen in like two or three seconds, like it was supposed to. So I had to do a little baby rollout and just kind of like lob a pass out there. And that kid caught it and he got, you know, smashed on the sideline and he popped up. And I was so happy for that Oh yeah! So happy for that kid, or or we had a a lineman. um, Let's see if this name jogs a bell uh, or rings a bell. uh, Tate Nielsen. Oh, of
1: course,
0: yeah. Tate was Tate was our guard. Um, I still see him periodically on Facebook, but I haven't talked to him in thirty years. Um, He's a firefighter, and Tate's deal was he was just kind of an unassuming guy, and you know I think he battled a little bit of you know he's just. You know, he wasn't like the most popular kid. Everybody – didn't. nobody had a problem with him. But he wasn't like he was the most gregarious or whatever. And, you know, he was a little doughy and, you know, just kind of lumpy little lineman or whatever. And I didn't see that in him. I was like, you know what? You're going to end up being in the Optimus All-Star game. And that's the big, you know, All-Star game in the Sacramento area. And he's like, what? Like, I'm not even All-League. I'm not even – and I'm like, you watch – and I remember I just got chills. The announcement was made. However, it was, you know, he was, I think he was the only guy on our team or I, mean, is- I don't know, maybe there was somebody else. And so um he and I have this thing between us. And again, I haven't talked to him in 30 years, but we call each other the optimist because uh, I feel like I'm internal, internally and eternally optimistic um, and, and hopeful. And I don't know if I saw something in him or not, but I was just like, why not you? And I've always felt that with the, up op- like, we're talking about opportunities, like, hey, big school, small school, big company, small company, big church, little church, you know, where do I fit in the mix? Like, why not you? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Somebody's got to- I remember I wanted to be Al Michaels, you know, so I wanted to be, you know, sports broadcaster and all that. And somebody at some point very early in high school or um, in college said, yeah, you do realize, you know, there's that Al Michaels has the job like one job. <laughs> right. Now he wasn't doing Monday night football back then, but whatever, he was the he was it was him and Bob Costas and I was like, that's one job. I'm like, yeah, but somebody has to have that job. That's so, like that's why, such why not a great me? attitude. And why yeah. not me?
1: I don't know. You know? <laughs> and and like you said by the way and at the very beginning you know and and the little community that we lived in you know because of the culture that it was like it did feel like and, and i think it still does like i i like i don't want to say there's something extremely special although i you know i feel that nostalgia um but there's something about that like freedom to just like you can do anything you want like you you have the the world is your oyster um And, and, you know, you're unbounded opportunities and, and, you know, that's the, that's no matter what my kids do, then that's the kind of thing that I hope that I can instill in them is that just, that just utter optimism in in their future, you know, um, and, and what, what the possibilities are. And, and then everything else kind of works itself out as, as you know, as you've experienced. Well, it's. I'm only just now thinking of this because of what you just said. I
0: wonder how much, because it was, you know, it wasn't like a young staff. There were seasoned teachers and seasoned coaches at at our high school, right? The Barbara Saxes and the, you know. um, Oh, yeah. You know, Uh, the Dick Warrens and and the Mary Underwoods and Mike Browns and all of that. Mike Blake. (laughs) So seasoned teachers and all. But they were something new, and there was a hopefulness and an optimism, and, and all of that in, in in every one of the experiences that we had with. Them. So it makes me wonder if it makes me wonder if that was sort of I don't know
1: channeled oh. subliminally through to us. Like why not? You know. I think that's why. I think that's wild. Like there were no ghosts of the past that they are chasing Bear mm. river. Mm. There's mm-hmm. no such thing mm-hmm. yeah that's true. Well, you know we were we were setting the records because there were no, no records to you know. that that's a very good point that's a very good point you know and, and I wonder and by the way so you've kind of kept close um, and maybe we'll finish a little bit on, on this you' you've, you've kept close with the school Ta- tell me about the state of things now that yeah. that you know the wonderful Terry Logue is no longer <laughs> there um and is enjoying his retirement what uh what are the outlooks tell us a little bit about you know bear river the state of bear river football yeah
0: so it you know it is a very interesting time because it's you know what's the what's the program going to be like like whatever bear river football what's the school going to be like you know they're there, it's not like you've had, you know, a coach every three or four years. You've had the same guy there for for however long. So, uh, me personally, for example, I, you know, when I went off to college and went into my profession and all that, you know, I did not live in the area and was not connected and we didn't, you know, the internet was very early and and I don't even know if I was, if the local newspaper had you know, articles online. I think I just fell out of touch with the program, but would go back for things like the alumni basketball game, Everything, every Thanksgiving Eve, uh, we'd play the alumni basketball game, which was always fun and all of that. And then, and then when I moved back to Northern California in 2000 and 2008, I got reunited with the program, you know, cause I'd always been, you know, uh, just very grateful for the experience and, and all of that. And I went to a game uh, a Bear River game. And I, it was on a Saturday. They were playing it down at Del Oro High School against a team from Nevada. It was one of these kind of jamboree type, type game scenarios. And I saw Coach Logan, hey, haven't seen you in, you know, you know, 10 to 15, 20 years, whatever it was. And he said, I got to tell you something, Brian. I said, what? And he goes, I got Parkinson's. And I went, oh, and I don't even think I knew what Parkinson's was and all that, but I'm like, "Ah, I don't think that's the good thing. You know, Lou Gehrig's, Parkinson's, AL, you know, all of that stuff. There's no, nothing ends well with, with any of that. And the second he told me that, uh, I don't know what, I said, somebody's got to like put his story down. Somebody's got to like chronicle this guy's commitment to the community, to the school, to the kids and all that. And what like he's exchanging his entire life at a sacrificial level for the fates of 16, 17, 18 year old kids for a $2,500 a year stipend to coach, you know, football every year for, you know, 45 years or whatever it was across all of his, you know, coaching time. And I had just gotten into um, working in corporate video was, you know, making videos and little short documentaries and all that. And I said, oh, I want to make a documentary about, you know, Coach Logue and how he's unique and not unique. Uh, you know, there are probably lots of Coach Logues, you know, legacy right. coaches, uh, people who do certain things a certain way, old school, you know, having to adapt across generations, you know, Uh, How do you coach kids that have all kinds of distractions and video games and cell phones and better things that they could be doing rather than doing, you know, double days of, you know, high school football and all that. And so uh, I started uh, filming, you know, interviewing, game stuff, locker room that kind of thing. And I'm in editing mode and still have a few interviews left to left to do, but you know, I'm putting together a long form documentary uh, about Coach Logue. Oh, it, wonderful. It's going to be called, um, it's called uh, Be Somebody, the, coach, uh, the Co- coach Logue story. Be somebody was one of the things he'd holler out. Absolutely. Know, that's perfect. Know, be somebody, which I think speaks to potential. You know, if I turn to you or your kids, I go, Hey, Mike, do you know what your potential is? And you go, yeah, like I think I go, well, I don't know what your potential is. So how do you know what your potential is? And and the truth is none of us know what our potential is. And that's that's where growth and opportunity and learning and optimism comes in. So anyway, I've been working on this and much to his chagrin, he would have loved this documentary uh, to be out so he could see it. But I'm like, every year you keep coaching and not retiring. (laughs) I've got a new like (laughs) chapter to the film and (laughs) And he had gone 20 years without a sac Joaquin section title. And then the first or second year I was doing the filming, uh, the kids at the school had a real good JV coach that they liked. And he was nice. And he was, um, you know, I think he was involved in a lot of their church groups and he was a good coach and all that. And they, they A lot of the kids, or at least the kids' parents saw, oh, and now what? We're going to go from JV to hand him off to this old guy, Logue, and his, you know, crusty ways and all of that kind of thing. We want him out. We want the JV guy to be that coach. And there was a bunch of community pressure to out him, like to, you know, to boot Coach Logue and Coach Savoy um, and just, you know, hey, the time has come to, you know, try something new. And the other guy was was beloved and for good reason. He was really a great coach great coach. And he had been there six or seven years as the JB coach. And uh, remember at the time they just say like, you know, we don't hire or fire people based on, this is high school. Like we're not hiring or firing based on your records or not, or this, that, and the other. You got to be good to the kids. You know, you got to develop this. And I think that really hurt Coach Lowe when you know, there was a contingent that was trying to, you know, to, to push him out. And you know, and there were some that were like, hey, the experience he's going to create for our kids is not going to be what we wanted. And then others said we can't win with him because all he does is run the football and look, the rest of these offenses are spread offenses and fun. Even the JV By the way, coach. I had
1: to say that is so funny because our team was the spread offense team <laughs> when, when oh. I, my senior year with uh ramon, ramon barrios and, yeah you know matt Rex, some of those guys you know we you know i i remember we yeah we ran the ball but man we we threw the ball a whole lot more yeah, that's very well so that's and, cool. and hey my senior year our quarterback rich gauntlet rich Gauntlet was you know, great
0: he still Absolutely. has the single Single game passing record at Bear River three hundred and seventy, I think three hundred seventy three yards. You know, in a single I game. I didn't know that. That's still that's a, that's a record that still stands. Who was oh, that against? Do you remember? That was against. I think it was against. Uh, I think it was against center in a game that we actually lost. Um, and then um, Tanner Mathias, class of I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Uh, came within two yards of it, and he was a great quarterback, about 6'4", 220, 230, went on to Sierra College, played some semi-pro stuff, and he is the new head football coach at Bear River, and they're doing a co-head coaching thing. So Tanner Mathias, a Bear River alum, is the new uh, co-head coach. Uh, the other co-head coach is a, a, a gentleman who was the JV coach this past past couple of years. Uh, real nice guy. And I think they're going to be a nice, uh, you know, two-headed monster. But it was interesting to jump back to, to to Coach Logue. You know, they're trying to push out the old guy and all this. And they're like, this guy is Bear for football. Like, right. you don't know how good you get. This guy is up at, all elements of the night, putting together. We remember we'd get paper scouting reports that were hand drawn, photocopied, plays noted. Coach he'd meet at seven, eight o'clock in the morning um, on Sundays to draw things up. And, you know he had play. He had a cup of coffee with the LA Rams and um, you know when he was done with college uh, and, and 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 didn't quite make it and tried to get on with the Broncos. I think it was it. Think maybe with the Broncos tried to get a, a sniff there but he didn't but it was mostly the this tryout with the Rams where he'd kind of matriculated along so he knew football and he knew sports oh, yeah. and um and he knew baseball too you played baseball he was the baseball coach and he
1: was baseball yeah. was like his first love um right I remember mon- throwing throwing many softball pitches to him to <laughs> practice <laughs> just so he could just so he could jack one and he, he, on. he was getting ready for his city league game I'm sure <laughs> well and that's you know
0: Different time as well. Football, you know, he used to dress down Colfax week full gear and let us hit him and vice versa. Um, And uh, so anyway, you know, that 2013-14 year where there was the dust up with the community, it went all the way to the school board and people were- you know, arguing he should go and not go. And by that point, he had retired from teaching. So he wasn't teaching at the school. He was just, you know, coaching football. Uh, and they said, no, we're not getting rid of him. And that next year they won the section title. And they went on to win. They went on to play in the section title game four out of five years. They won two out of the four games they played. Uh, all with old school Coach Lowe running, Fire 31, 36 Power, yep. you know, Fire 28. <laughs> uh, and they, they, they changed things up too. You know, they went short shotgun and ran some of the same plays out of that kind of a formation. But um, it, it's, and the everlasting elements, and I'm grateful for him. and I tell him all the time, the everlasting elements still are true. You know, he says, yeah, the kids are different. Are they not as tough? Are they not as committed? Are they not as this or not as that? And he goes, man. All those things may or may not be true to a player, right? Because there are some that is still like, wow, this kid's tough or smart or loves football or is not distracted by everything else that happens as a high schooler. But uh, Terry's commitment to the kids to teach them, you know, values and commitment and dedication and attention to detail and all of that still rang true all the way until you know, he just, he just retired. And this, even though the Parkinson's, you know, has limited him in so many ways. You know, he's got to take, the, he had to take the golf cart everywhere, even on the road, you know, to get him from locker room to, to field. You know, last couple of years, he's had a cane on the sideline and a, and a little stool in case he needed to sit down, you know, uh, as the game was going on. Uh, but he was still coaching him up and uh, such great respect for him. And I learned a lot from him. I think, Mike, I even learned a lot from him uh, and, and this is kind of just the kind of person I am too, but I learned a lot from him in the things I didn't like about him. Yeah. So That's I went like, I, I can respect that and I like that. And another thing I'd be like, I want to be the exact opposite of that. And what the beauty of like reuniting with him years ago when we, you know, started working on this documentary is I had a chance to tell him that stuff. You know, this kind of thing really hurt me back then, and I didn't understand why. And and this thing really inspired me. You know, as a young man, you know, growing up and looking for kind of a father figure. Um, and so I'm grateful for him on on all fronts in that way. And so I'm looking forward. Hopefully, this is the year where I can get the documentary wrapped up. And I think we're yeah. going to try to do um, try to do a nice little screening or fundraiser I'll or something great. along uh, along the lines for that.
1: At least that's my and hope. I gotta I gotta finish up by saying one last thing because you you asked me a question about you know why did I do the things that I did on the you know practice field or whatever and one thing I, I have to say and I do attribute this to, to Coach Logue, is you know that's one guy I didn't want to disappoint like mm. I had so much respect for that guy that I did not want to be you know totally for any reason um, you know the. I don't want to say the weak link because I never felt like that, but 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 I, I never wanted to disappoint, or I wanted to make sure I did everything I could to make the team better, and yeah. and it was about you know, a ple- you know pleasing him, making sure that 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 he knew that the team was ready for the next game, and that I could be a, a big part of that, and that you know that says a lot about him as a man. Absolutely, and
0: everybody has value. And everybody has a role on the team and just, you know, do your job. So, for example, in practice, like you say, not I don't want to let somebody down or whatever. I always say, you know what? I know what my limitations are, you know, something physically. Like, I'm not the fastest guy, right? right? But I'm sure as heck not going to be the last guy right? So when we were doing, and it likely is not politically correct, but it was called the Indian run, right? Remember that? We'd blow the whistle and the guys at the back of the line had to sprint to the front. And then it just, you know, circles around the, the field. Yeah. I was like, my pack of three that's at the tail end of this line, when that whistle blows, I may not end up being the fastest guy to the front of the snake, right? But I'm not going to be the last guy. And so I changed numbers my senior year to be from, I was 84 up until that point, I changed my number to number two because I'm like, I'm fine being a number two.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> like brilliant. that's,
0: I don't have to be the top dog. I don't have to be number one. I don't have to be the best at everything. Um, and the, that applies in in everything. I mean, whatever, yeah, Google absolutely. or Facebook, there are lots of number twos in that company that make a grid living or, you know, a number two or number, you don't have to be the Pope in order to make a difference at your church. You don't have to be the, uh, you know, the CEO in order to have an impact at the company. Uh, and I've taken that professionally too, you know, in my, in my professions, like there are times where I assert myself where they go, Oh, usually only directors or vice presidents will weigh in on that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, I have a voice and an opinion and a perspective, whether, you know, it's, you uh, acted upon or not doesn't mean i can't you know share it and so i think i learned that too from from bear river that there was no you can you can be anything you want but it's also pretty hard to be good at something if you don't know what you yourself are good at so i I was like okay i know i'm good at effort i'm a i'm down on skill i'm not very tough but i'm smart you know so you play
1: to your strengths and yeah. I mean, anyway, yeah, no, that's, that's huge. And, 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 by the way, and I want to thank you for your time. We're, we're, we're running, we're in a short time and you, uh, you know, our, our, former athletic director, basketball coach, Jack McCory.
0: You know, he, again, he was the, when the school opened, he was the athletic director, the basketball coach, track coach, and was there for, for forever. And then relinquished the basketball duties for a while and then was still coaching track and substitute teaching. And then he came back and coached like the freshman girls basketball team. And then he was, you know, helping out when there was a transition at athletic director. And he is uh, just, a, I just love that guy. Um, I'm not particularly Close to him, um, it's like we're calling each other all the time. But like ten years ago, when my kids had said, uh, "Dad, you've never taken us fishing," I'm like, well, "Let's call Captain Jack." And sure enough, he took us out on his boat and taught my girls how to fish. And um, you know, just a just a treasure, just a treasure of a man.
1: Yeah well he is he is and there's a lot of great memories and and you know it's it, as as we get older you know it, things change and and that's as it should you know it, it really is and this end of an era wow. stuff is tough for guys like us that
0: are pretty sentimental and nostalgia yeah, right. and all that. Um, and there's some legacy <laughs> things in there, right? So the the gymnasium, the nice gym and all that stuff at Bear River is, is Jack McCrory gymnasium. And there's a there's a line that's going to be in the documentary where uh, Coach Logue on the football side, I had asked him, like, you know, what's your legacy at the school? And, you know, I was waiting for the big answer of, you know, I'm I'm, you know, I'm the Woody Hayes or I'm the Al Al Davis. I'm the figurehead of this thing. He goes, I'll probably get the, I think this they joked about, I'll probably get the the Terry Logue, like, g- gear shed. Or something like that, like where they where they keep all the bags and tack, oh, the tackling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that you know. And amazing. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. You know the the stadium is named, uh, the field is not. I don't know if there's any plans to do something in particular or not. But um, uh, you know, weights was a big thing. Um, oh yeah. You know uh, the, the the program never you know early on when we played, you mentioned Galt High School earlier, we played Galt High School when you were, uh, I think you would have been a sophomore, I was a junior, and they had uh, that hatson kid and, and his dad, uh, Irv Hatson was the coach. And Hatzen-Buhler was a was, was a big kid, like 6'2", 230, running back, linebacker, went on to Stanford, uh, all of that. And they were just tougher than us. And that was the game that Coach Logue describes that, you know, it was a reset for him. He's like, we have to get stronger. And they built a weight program and, um, you know, we started lifting and doing all that. I mean, you and I were still string beans and all that, but but our kids, but our kids don't have to know that. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's the, I wish I
1: was still a string bean. (laughs) That's right.
0: Those are pivot, those are pivot points. You know, those are pivot points where it's like, Hey, what, what got us here is not going to get us there. So we, you got to, you know, adapt. And I can, I mean, when this documentary comes out, there are, there are moments like that where he talks about like, Hey, it's halftime. We're down, but let's get out there and see what we do on the first drive and do something. And then let's see how they react. Like he's fine with letting it play out. He's not going to show up unprepared. He always thinks he's underprepared, but he's always way prepared and smart about it um but that's what i mean about there are just a thousand lessons in all of these moves and that's uh, you know and an equal amount perhaps of things that you would never do the way that he did them you know yeah Um, so but it's all good And, and these characters in our lives are 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 great you know these they
1: are part of our souls you know moving forward they're ingrained in our brains for sure absolutely well brian Thank you for the time. This has been a, a great, you know, uh, jaunt down memory lane, as well as as kind of talking about some, you know, kind of bigger issues. But I, I want to thank you for your time. This has been a lot of fun for me, and and we'll have to have, if you don't mind, we'll have to have you on again when the documentary comes out. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be that would be great. i I'm always willing to bore people a second time. Right on. Well, it wasn't born for me and that's all that matters in this gig. That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for (laughs) nice chatting with you. And I'm so
0: happy to hear that, you know, life's on track and ups and downs have hit us all, but, um, uh, but internal and eternal positivity is there by, as they say, there's, um, uh, He's kind of a salty guy on social media uh, but all on the very positive front but there's Gary V I love this line he's like uh, yeah, yeah well anyway I just he just says positivity is undefeated and you go well but what if something goes bad like he's like I'm not saying it controls everything but like if you stay positive if you're looking for the good and the gratitude and all of that then things Will play out, you know, they will play out so. Well, great to great to catch up with you. Thanks for having me on your program. And uh, I was glad to actually hear from you because now I'm exposed to your program so I can listen to your other episodes with much more interesting
1: people. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy them. And, and this has been great for me. And, and I hope, uh, yeah, I, I look forward to the further communication, Brian. It's It's been a blast. That sounds great. Me. Well, take care of yourself, Mike. You too. Um, this has been Brian Hudson. My name is Mike Lovett, and you've been listening to And If Love Remains.